This show is supported by State Farm. You have insurance for your home, your health, and your car. Why don't you have insurance for your small business? So many small business owners think they don't need or don't even know about small business insurance. Protecting a source of revenue is one thing, but so is protecting all of your hard work and your team members. State Farm agents are all small business owners too, so they know how to help small business owners choose personalized policies that fit their budgets. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Tired of the everyday grind? Ever dream of a life of romantic adventure? Want to get away from it all? We offer you Escape. Escape, designed to free you from the four walls of today for a half hour of high adventure. You are hiding in the middle of a great forest, quiet as a shadow, while closing in on you, hunting you down like an animal, is a silent archer who will kill you with an arrow through the heart. Listen now as Escape brings you Anthony Ellis' adaptation of the classic story, Robert of Huntingdon. Let it be known by all present that a sum of 100 pounds is placed upon the head of the outlaw, Robert of Huntingdon. And that an additional 50 pounds is to be the reward for whomsoever shall maim, kill, or capture the following. The felons Little John, Will Scarlet, Will Stutley, Nick Much, the friar known as Tuck, Gamble Gold, Eleanor Dale, Arthur Bland. David Doncaster, Gilbert of the White Hand. That proclamation was by order of his worship, the Sheriff of Nottingham, in whose house a meeting was taking place. Robin Hood! Robin Hood! I'm sick of the sound of that name. Something's got to be done. It's gone too far. That they shoot the king's deer in the king's forest. Why, they call it their forest. Nobody's safe anymore. Beggar, tinker, bishop, nobody. It's got to stop. Now, now I want Sir Martin of Matlock to say a few words. He's offered his services in the name of the king and myself, Sir Martin. My lords, gentlemen, it seems quite obvious that your attempts to put a stop to this Robin Hood have been anything but successful. I've heard it said that more than once the sheriff himself has been tied backwards on an ass and sent trotting home. Quiet, quiet. We know all about that, Sir Martin. Do you mind getting to the point? All right. The point is that in Sherwood Forest, there's a band of about 140 who fancy themselves... The savior of the poor and the scourge of the rich. Well, that's an old story and one I'm sure we've come to know pretty well. Any excuse for outlawry? Well, I propose to stop him. 
to gather a force of men, a hundred mounted, a hundred archers, and one hundred foot soldiers, go into that forest and exterminate Robin Hood with the others once and for all. Wait, wait, wait. We can't afford to give you such an army without some kind of plan. And besides, most of our best men lie buried there as it is. What you're proposing has been tried. It's nothing new. You don't know these outlaws as we do. I have a plan, Your Worship. Oh? I'll go into the forest alone. Alone? These outlaws don't know me, and I think because of that, I'll be able to succeed. How? Let's say I pretend to be a, a wronged yeoman. They take me in to become one of the band. I find out their weakness, their sentry posts, everything I can to help us when the time comes for attack. Uh, uh, it's very dangerous, you know. We won't be able to help you if they don't believe your story. Well, it's my life, Your Worship. I can do what I want with it. If I fail, you've lost nothing. If I succeed. Mm. Uh, all right. And the rest of you? Good. Good. Give me a week. I'll get word to you when the time comes. My signal for the attack will be a blast on this horn. And now, my lords and gentlemen, I'll disguise myself as a poor but honest yeoman, foully wronged by his worship, the Sheriff of Nottingham. The Sheriff had made an ally in Sir Martin of Matlock, and with him, the hope that his worst enemy, Robin Hood, would at last be brought to justice. In Sherwood Forest, two men dressed in Lincoln green sat lazily beside a brook. One tall, handsome, his cap set carelessly at an angle on his head, shading the eyes from the sun. The other man, a giant at least seven feet, and an L or more around the waist, chewing and sucking at the marrow of an entire oxen thigh bone. Ah. Ah. I'm going to have to speak to Nick much about the quality of the sheriff's beef, Robin. <clears throat> Little John. Mm. You know, I've been thinking. Oh, sir. When was the last time the sheriff of Nottingham came to Sherwood? Uh. <laughs> I remember. It was when Nick Much and I brought him... <laughs> Remember we tied him backwards? Yes, on yes, I remember. It's more than a year ago, wasn't it? Doesn't it seem strange to you? Uh, strange? Yes. Well, no, dull, maybe. Life isn't the same without that nasty little toad to worry. Robin, you've got an idea. We go to Nottingham, huh? We could do it again. Twenty men storm his house. <laughs> no, no, I wasn't thinking of that. But, uh... I have a feeling uh. that something is wrong. He's up to something. I can feel it. The forest has been too quiet, and we haven't been bothered for a long time. I notice you're growing the beginning of a pot. Uh, don't talk to me about pots, you <laughs> great cumbersome hog. <laughs> ah, little John. Uh. Wait a minute. <clears throat> what? Listen. To what? Someone's coming. Pick up your bow. Give me cover from the trees over there. Mm. I'll wait here. See who it is. Yeah, be careful, Robin. Da 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 da
Good morning, stranger. Well, good morning to you, my friend. I... I seem to have lost my way. Can you tell me where I am? Certainly. This is Sherwood Forest. Where are you going? Nowhere. Anywhere. Where do you come from? Nottingham. Huh? Yes, today, thanks to the sheriff, I lost my cottage, my cow, my land, everything. Oh? I'm sorry to hear that. Well, I know the forest well enough. If you like, I'll guide you through it. Thanks. But, uh, I'm looking for a man here, a particular man. No? Robin Hood. Possibly you know him. He's called an outlaw by some, but there are others who swear by him. Yes, I, I know. Uh, do you mind if I ask you why you want to find him? Well, they say he's always in need of good yeoman. Now that I'm a felon in the eyes of the king, I've nothing much to live for. Unless he takes me into his company. Well, what is this nasty thing that you did? It was one of the king's deer. I shot it when seen by a forester. Yeah. I escaped with my life, my longbow, and these arrows. Uh-huh. Now, from the look of your eye, I'd say you have the making of an archer. Little John? Yes? What's your name, my friend? Martin Greenleaf. Ah. This little fellow coming here is called Little John. Martin Greenleaf wants to join the band of Sherwood Forest. Uh, I heard the talk. What are you called? Robin Hood. Mm. Well, I wasn't sure. Take him to David Doncaster, Little John. Have him measured for a suit of green. And then tell Nick Much to prepare some food for him. Welcome to Sherwood, Martin Greenleaf. I think you can see to it that you'll never have regrets for today. So according to his plan, Sir Martin of Matlock was received with all the hospitality and kindness the outlaws could give. Only one looked on the newcomer with a jaundiced eye, Little John. Friar Tuck came upon the giant, sullenly whittling a shaving of wood. Uh, and what's the matter with you, little man? Huh? Yeah, face like that is enough to make a bee's nectar sour. Now why aren't you at table feasting with that newcomer, Martin? You fat friar. Mm -hmm. Go away. I didn't ask for your company. <laughs> oh, save us all. I don't like yours either. That's no answer to my question. All right, then. I don't like him. This Martin Greenleaf. Oh? I don't know why. Uh, Robin's too easy. He's a mark for a sad story. This fellow's told one, that's all. And if the story is true? If. I'd rather have found that out before inviting him to join us. <laughs> You are a suspicious chap. Well, go on. Go on back and stuff yourself. I didn't ask you yeah, here. Where are you going, chap? To look for better company. But little John had another idea. He dressed himself in the disguise of a tailor and carrying nothing but a stave and a dagger, he made his way to Nottingham, where he hoped to find out what he could about Martin Greenleaf. But luck wasn't with him because he'd gone less than a mile beyond the forest when he was seen by six of the sheriff's henchmen. And because of his great height, they recognized him. I tell you it is. It's Little John. I've seen him before when we fought the outlaws in the forest. Take him! Yeah! Yeah! I know you! But the odds were too great. And finally, Little John was taken prisoner into Nottingham where he was locked in prison to await the sheriff's displeasure. 
It was Will Scarlet who heard the news from a friendly tinker and carried it to the outlaws. Robin! Robin! Quiet, all of you, quiet! Quiet! What's the matter, Will? Little John. Little John. Well, what about Little John? The sheriff's men took him by surprise. They've got him now, in Nottingham. Where? When? He was here a little while ago. That's all I can tell you. From the Nottingham Road, the Tinker swears it was Little John. All right, all right, we'll go to Nottingham then. And I'll tell you for one, I'll pick out the sheriff's heart and throw it to the dogs when we come back. We will return to escape and tonight's story, Robert of Huntington, in just a moment. For stirring chorus singing, lend your ears to the Choral Ears every Sunday night on most of these same CBS radio stations. Yes, later tonight, enjoy the Choral Ears. And now, back to Escape. When Sir Martin of Matlock heard the news, he smiled. He hadn't expected things to work so well, so quickly. But also the suddenness of the event had taken him by surprise, and he had to find a way to warn the sheriff of Robin Hood's decision. Because every available man would be needed in the attempt to free Little John, Robin gave the spy a sword and arrows, and the men in Lincoln Green began the march through Sherwood to Nottingham. They stopped at the edge of the forest, and Robin called a council meeting. We'll wait until it gets dark. Oh, but every hour, Robin, every minute we wait, little John has less of a chance. Chance? What chance do you think we'd have if we attacked in daylight? That's it, Will. Uh, That's why we've got to wait. Well, I say curse the daylight and curse the sacrifice. While we're talking, little John may be dying. There's Uh, no other choice, Nick. Darkness is only about two hours away. With it, we'll have an element of surprise. Without that, we're finished. And so is little John. Uh, I don't know. Can I say something, Robin? What? Oh, Martin. Martin Greenleaf, of course. Wouldn't I be the least likely to be recognized among you? I mean, supposing I went to the prison alone, say as a pasty maker, selling my wares to the guards. You've got a lot of courage, Martin, but... uh, But what? You know... You know, it may be the thing. Oh, Robin, I... If you were to make yourself known to the guards, they might not suspect. When they're relieved of duty and replaced by others for the night, that might be our chance. While they're changing, if you could give us the signal to attack. Three blasts on my horn. Yes, three. Oh, If you are suspected, though, you know what it will mean. I'll take that chance. You took one with me, didn't you, Robin? All right, Martin. Do we all agree on it? Uh, yeah. All agree. You better leave your sword and bow with us. We'll have them for you ready when the time comes. And good luck, Martin. You naughty, naughty man. You're going to pay for all these years, you know. I've waited a long time for this. Perhaps you thought I'd forgotten your treatment of me. The last time I was forced to go with you into the forest. (laughs) Silence! You'll pay. You're going to pay. Slowly. Slowly. Having to listen to you is payment enough, you nasty little maggot. Silence! You wait. You won't be laughing long. (laughs) 
breakfast, there's a little matter of your master, Robin Hood. I've got a surprise for him, don't you worry. <laughs> Couldn't be better. We won't have to bring him out of hiding. He'll come to us. I know if you try to do something heroic. Then I was right. Oh, yes, you were right. Well, come. When they do, we'll be ready. Three hundred men, you ugly pig. Waiting for them now, inside the gates of the town. What have you got to say about that? <coughs> My little John. <coughs> And at the edge of the forest, Robin and his men were also waiting. Each man silent with his own thoughts, and then the sun was gone from the sky. Robin stood a little apart, sharpening the blade of his dagger. Hey, Robin, yes? Oh, Friar sir. Now, Robin, I've been thinking. Yes? There was something little John spoke to me about before he left us. Well, what was it? This Martin Greenleaf. Oh? Well, go on. Well, now John didn't seem to know why, but he said he didn't like the man, didn't trust him. Now, that's strange for little John. Yeah. At first, I wondered about it. Then I forgot, and now I'm beginning to wonder again. A Martin's willingness to do what he's done. You know, it is possible that he is one of the sheriffs. No, and... no, I, I can't believe that. Uh -huh. You've always been a good man, Robin. That's one of the reasons I joined you. I don't say I blame you if you thought his story was true. But at the same time, if it wasn't. If he was lying, uh -huh. then little John's capture is on my head. Yes. Why would he be so anxious to risk his life? He doesn't know, little John. Why should he care that much? Ah. I should have spoken of this before. No, and before I might not have listened, which is even more foolishness. Call the men together, Friar. We've got to decide about this. And they decided. There was no proof of Martin Greenleaf's wrongdoing, but the thought was planted and grew until the fears were shared by all of them. And then Robin made his plan. Meanwhile, at the sheriff's house, for there the lawmaker had gone to eat the evening meal, a servant entered, and close behind was Sir Martin of Matlock. Sir Martin, you've got word. <laughs> Better than that. I've got their plan of attack. You mean they're coming now? At nightfall. Better and better. We're ready. I never dreamed of such quick results. When the guards are changed in the prison court tonight, that's the signal for attack. Uh -huh. I'm to blow three times on my horn. Good. The archers will be posted on the prison wall. Yes, and pikesmen inside the gates. And once the outlaws are in... Those that haven't been killed by the arrows... The horsemen can finish. We've got him. We've got him. But that wasn't the first time the sheriff had said these very same words, only to see his triumph melt away through his fingers. A little while later, as the last gleam of sunset was turning from gold to rust and clouds were tinged with purple, a ragged and forlorn figure was seen mingling with the soldiers inside the prison gates. Iron, good men. Iron. Oh, 
And slowly the beggar made his way closer and closer to the prison door. Then he was inside and sidling up to the guard who was watching the preparations in the court. Come on, come on, get out of here. I haven't got anything for you. Get out. Kind sir, all I ask is that you... Don't make a sound or I'll cut your head off and I mean it. Back. Back. Get away from the door. All right, quickly. Take me to the dungeon where you're holding little John. And remember one sound and you're going to be a very dead man. Faster. Faster. Yes, yes. The key. Little John. Little John. That you, Robin? Yes. Oh, man, man. This time I was certain I'd be dancing at the end of a rope. <laughs> Not yet, little man. Uh, Guard the key to the chains. Hurry. Yes, yes. We've got to get out before the prison gates are closed. There's only a minute. Pretty small odds. We've got to run like hares. Oh, give me a second to exercise. Oh, this is the dog who hit me while I was chained. One second, Robin. Uh, Tilt your head, Master Foul Fellow. Uh, Drop more. Uh, Now, Robin, I'm ready. Robin and Little John made their way back to the great prison door and outside into the court where the light of day was almost gone. Two soldiers were approaching the gate to close it. And in the center of the square stood Sir Martin of Matlock, bugle in his hand. Astride away, looking pleased, the Sheriff of Nottingham. Walk as quickly as you can and as close to the walls as possible. Come on. Oh, I give my luck for my sword or even my stave now. You shouldn't have come, Robin. When I say the word, run. Hey, look. We're starting to change the guard at the gates. All I hope is when Martin Greenleaf gives the signal, he'll blow the brains right out of his head. Uh, now, run! A prisoner! We'll try for the other side of town, then across the lead. And then we'll... Little John, you're hurt. No. I'm all right. Hip in his shoulder. Where are the others? You'll see. And because of the confusion, Robin and Little John escaped from Nottingham. And as he'd planned, Robin led the way across the lead to a long hedgerow some 200 rods from the town walls. And there they stopped because behind the brush was Robin's entire force. And each man had an arrow ready in his bow. Uh, give me a sword, one of you, and a bow. Here, yeah, little John. Uh, I had not much hope of giving them to you, but I brought them along in prayerful faith. Fat <laughs> <laughs> old devil, thanks. <laughs> quiet. Uh, quiet now, men. They'll be coming out of the town in a moment. Be ready at the signal. And moments later, they saw the mounted soldiers ride out. And behind them had run the pikesmen and archers fanning out in a solid line. The lights of Nottingham were behind them. And where the men of the forest were hidden in darkness, such was not the case with the sheriff's men. 
The sound of hooves fell upon the stillness, and behind the hedgerow, every string pulled taut, every long bow bent. The slaughter was terrible. Almost every horseman had been unseated at the first volley, and the deadly cloud of arrows continued to fall steadily amongst the sheriff's army. And when finally in complete defeat, the archers and pikesmen were falling back, the men in green with drawn swords charged and completed the rout. It was Robin who came upon Sir Martin of Matlock. This, Sir Martin, is for your treachery. This is for little John. And with a tremendous stroke, Robin cut him down. The battle lasted only a few moments longer, and then on a signal from Robin... The men of Sherwood melted back into the darkness and the forest, leaving the field strewn with the sheriff's dead and hurt soldiers. Little John's wounded shoulder was attended to by Friar Tuck, as were the wounds of the others. And then a great merrymaking began, which lasted far into the night. As for the sheriff of Nottingham, at the first sound of battle, he ran into his house, and locking the door behind him, stood quivering in fear until the news of defeat was brought to him. And then his great courage returned, and he swore a mighty oath that someday he'd go again into Sherwood, and by his own hand, bring Robert of Huntington to justice. Under the direction of Norman MacDonald, Escape has brought you Robert of Huntingdon, adapted by Anthony Ellis, starring William Conrad as Robin Hood. Featured in the cast were Lawrence Dobkin, Edgar Barrier, and Herb Ellis. With Jack Crucian, Vic Perrin, John Stevenson, Harry Bartell, and Peter Leeds. Editorial supervision is by John Meston. And the special music for Escape is composed and conducted by Leith Stevens. Next week. You are standing at the entrance of a walled Arab town. While behind you, coming slowly through the night are the shuffling footsteps of a blind beggar who will lead you into a harrowing world of darkness and terror. If you don't know the difference between a hawk and a horse, that, as the pundits say, is a horse on you. And if you don't know the difference between CBS Radio's Bob Hawk and any ordinary quizmaster, then you'd better take steps. Yes, take steps right to your radio Monday nights and enjoy the quips, the quiz, the merriment of the Bob Hawk Show on most of these same CBS radio stations. This is Roy Rowan speaking. And remember, America now listens to 105 million radio sets and listens most to the CBS Radio Network.
This show is supported by State Farm. Insurance is a part of any solid financial plan. Making sure you have the important things in life covered is one of the best ways to give yourself a little breathing room when things go awry. It's important to protect not only your business, but yourself as a business owner and all current and future team members. State Farm agents know what it takes to run and protect a small business because State Farm agents are all small business owners and they live and work in your community. So they're deeply attuned to what's happening with other small businesses in your market. If you have a small business and are interested in making sure you're protected, reach out to your local State Farm agent to learn more about what you need. They'll help you find the right policy at the right price for your business. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Tired of the everyday grind? Ever dream of a life of romantic adventure? Want to get away from it all? We offer you... Escape! Escape, designed to free you from the four walls of today for a half hour of high adventure. Making your way, fearful and alone, through the dark Caribbean night. While ahead of you, arms held out to you, stands the most beautiful girl you've ever seen. And the most evil. Listen now as Escape brings you Herb Purdom's terrifying story, The Running Man. hot in Taylor that night when it began. The little Honduran banana port simmered and stewed in a sticky heat that made your bones soft and your skin wet. Even Chato's Casino wasn't much relief. The usual handful of chapines and caribs crowded around Chato's warped and tired roulette table, while above the big ceiling fan slowly churned up the warm, smoky air. Thank you, that number four. Numero cuatro, senores. Rojo. You win again, Captain Markham. You got it, Markham, all of us. My lucky night, lad. Yours will come. Not me. I don't have lucky nights. That's too much. Es verdad, senor Owen. Lo siento mucho. Yeah. I'm sorry, too. I was hoping you would not be coming to see me tonight, Owen. Mm, It's a monotonous world, Shadow. Every night you sit there on your stool playing that mandolin and watching me lose money. Every night I lose it and come to you to borrow it back. (laughs) 
a pretty dull circle. For you? Que lastima. I don't want pity, just money. 500 lempiras. Ah, yes. Well, come on, let's have it. You're in a hurry, Owen. Always in a hurry. I like to get places fast. I know, but I think maybe you're running so fast you miss what you're passing. Thanks for the philosophy, but I need the money more. What's the matter? My credit no good? You owe me 4000 already, Owen. So? My plantation's worth ten times that. Plantations? I don't want. Just money. Okay, okay, forget it. I'll just have to sell some more bananas. Good night, Cheddar. Buenas noches, amigo. Hello, Mr. Loomis. Mind if I sit down? Hey, you lose again tonight, Owen? Chatter ought to oil this swing. <laughs> We've been asking him to do that for 15 years. Yeah. Always the same answer. Manana. Tomorrow he'll do it. <laughs> He's a carib. He's happy. And the swing still squeaks. Mm-hmm. Hey, look, Owen. Your socks are nearly half finished. They'll be ready by Christmas. Christmas? That's slow work. You spend months knitting me a pair of socks you could buy for five bucks. Well, I like to knit. Gives me time to meditate. Is that the same reason you stay in this hole? You've been a big man for the American Fruit Company 20 years. You must have enough to get out of Honduras. Yes, Owen, I have enough money to retire. More than enough, I guess. But it's not just a job. Taylor's my home, as it will become yours. Oh, no. Somehow I'm going to make enough money to pull out of here. <laughs> You'll change your mind. You're young and impatient with life. At least I get things done. That's true. In three years, you've built up a fine plantation. You work hard, Owen. But you also throw a great deal away on Chateau's wheel trying to get rich in a hurry. Well, if you don't mind, sir, no lectures tonight. When can I start shipping? Well, uh, what's your deadline? I've got an order for 3,000 stems of Baltimore cut due there in 60 days. Yeah. Company boat will be here in three weeks. I'll make space for your load. Thanks. Uh, Owen. Hmm? You uh, went broke inside? Yeah. Borrow? Yeah. You need some money to pay your field hands. Tell him to see my paymaster. He'll advance it. Mr. Loomis, I... I don't know what to say. It just seems you're always helping me. Well, it's my pleasure, Owen. Perhaps someday you'll take over my place with the company. That would make an old man very happy. It'd make a young man happy, too. Good night, sir. Uh, one thing more. Yes? A word of advice, Owen, about Selena. Stay away from her. Why? Because of all the talk about her? She's a bad one, Owen. A devil. Even her own people are afraid of her. <laughs> but I'm not a carob. And speaking of the devil, I've got a date with her down at the beach. <laughs> Look, sir. You don't believe in voodoo, do you? Not exactly. But I respect it. But I don't, sir. And Selena's the prettiest girl around here. Yeah, she's beautiful, yes. But sooner or later, you'll find out we really are speaking of the devil. When I got to the beach, it seemed empty except for a few sleeping gulls. Then I saw her coming towards me in the brilliant moonlight. Selena walked like a cat on parade, her body swaying in unconscious rhythm her long black hair flowing loose and glistening over her bare shoulders. Swimming or talking or just lying quietly beside me on the warm white sand, Selena was a wonderful antidote for loneliness. Boy, 
You were happy with me, yes? Sure, Selena. Sure I am. Then why you look at me so funny tonight? I didn't realize I had. But Senor Loomis, he tell you bad things about me, no? Forget it. You know I am not wicked, like they say. Sure, I know. But others don't. I'm tired of defending you. You've just got to stop playing around with voodoo, Selena. That's all. I understand. I will let nothing come between us, Owen. Nothing. Selena. Owen. Now you're not pay attention to what stupid people say about me. Will you? No, Selena. Of course not. Hello, the house. Anybody home? Here on the porch. <laughs> Glad you came. I've got a surprise for you. Surprise? How'd the loading go? Same as always. Ship's pulling out now. What's this surprise? My socks finished ahead of time? Oh, no. This is far more important than my knitting. Come inside. Well, you're certainly being mysterious about it. What is it that's... A... Oh. <laughs> you must be Owen. I'm Betty Stannard. Betty's the daughter of a friend of mine, Owen. Yeah, and as a tourista, she'll need showing around the island. Oh, but Betty I... hardly needs him showing around, Owen. Well, of course she doesn't. I'm the one to do it. But you don't well, understand. She is... All right. But... We'll let her decide. How about it, Miss Stannard? Oh, well, you're rather impetuous, aren't you? You should see him when he's gambling. Well, Miss Stannard, what's the verdict? Can I be your guide? Well, since you insist that I need one, I'll be delighted. <laughs> Now traveled on Taylor's one railroad. Fifty-six miles of it belongs to the American Fruit Company, but those last four miles are all ours. Oh, and so impressive. Him from the maintenance car. <laughs> There's our house. Uh, your house? I'm only a tourista, remember? But if you stay, you'll be a chapine. Oh, I think I'd rather be a tourista. What? Give up a chance at this wonderful life of tropical skies and red bananas. And chiggers and scorpions and zopos and mosquitoes huh? and sopalotes and paludismos. Wait, 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 wait. Stop. <laughs> Something wrong? Plenty's wrong. I spent three days showing you the sights of Taylor and the banana plantations, but I never said anything about black buzzards or malaria. Where'd you learn all that? Here. I was raised in Taylor. <laughs> well... Are you going to show me your house and the rest of your plantation? So you can make more fun of me? Oh, you were the one who insisted I needed a guide. You and Loomis must have had quite a laugh. Well, I, I admit it started out as a joke. But... Yes? Well, I, I've spent every day with you since I came here. That's a lot of time to waste on a joke. Perhaps you mean it's a lot of time to waste on me. It wasn't wasted, Owen. Betty, I owe you an apology. Owen... With me, it started as a kind of a game, too, but now it, it's changed. In three days, it changed. 
changed for me, too. Then you... Yes, Owen. Oh, Betty. Betty. Wait, wait. Before you say anything, Owen, there's one thing we must settle. You're gambling. Oh? What about it? You must quit, Owen, completely. You're serious? I've never been more so. Will you do it for me? Well, with my bad luck, I guess it won't be too hard to quit. Promise me, Owen. All right, you have my word on it. Good. And now go on about the tropical skies and red bananas. Zone popos and all. Zone popos and all. Oh, no. What was that? I, I don't know. It came from those trees there. Near my house. It sounded vicious somehow. Probably just a wild cat. I, I think I'd better take you home, Betty. Owen, that wasn't a wild cat. Let's not talk about it. There's nothing to worry about, Betty. Nothing. It was dark when I got back to my house and found the carob servants gone. The reason was in the living room. In the flickering light of seven small candles lay what was left of three white chickens, ripped apart in a fury of feathers and bones. But it was the blood that made the scene one of utter horror. Dark, glistening blood. And crouching in the candlelight was Selena. When she lifted her head, I saw her eyes. They were dark fires of heat now. And she was no longer beautiful, but something incredibly evil. Selena, why are you here? Why did you do this? Porque gods and devils love and hate, but no one knows why. Why, why? Get out, Selena. Get out and take this voodoo junk with you. I will go. See. But you will come to me, Owen. You will come. Never. You will come, for you are cursed tonight. I have put the curse of fortune on you, Owen. The what? From now on... You will never be able to lose <laughs> my wedding gift, sweetheart. We will return to escape and tonight's story, The Running Man, in just a moment. Univac, the magic electronic computer that adds up figures faster than people can think, will be on the job election night along with CBS Radio's top newsmen. Don't miss the special election returns broadcast at 6.15 p.m. New York time. And make CBS Radio your election headquarters on election night starting at 8 p.m. New York time. And now, back to Escape. <laughs> Never be able to lose a bet. Believe it? No, of course I didn't believe it. A voodoo curse by a hysterical carob girl? Who would? 
but I found myself thinking about it, wondering what it would be like never to lose a bet. And I kept thinking about it, about all the wealth it could bring, the freedom, the chance to get out of Taylor. And finally, I decided to test it. At least then I could forget the whole ridiculous business. Oh, my, 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 this last batch of yarn is certainly inferior. It's time today it's broken. Mr. Loomis, do you have a deck of cards here? Mm, yes, I own. I think I do. Where? Where are they? Well, let's see. Oh, yes, uh, in that drawer there. Uh, I don't see. Oh, yes, here they are. Oh, good. You going to play some rummy with Betty? <laughs> I always liked that game. Would you cut cards with me, sir? What's that? Oh, now, Owen, you know that I don't gamble. For a penny. That's all, just a penny. Go ahead. Oh, <laughs> very well. There. Queen of clubs. Now, my turn. King. I win. Try again. Nine. Jack. Again. Keep cutting. Six of hearts. Eight of hearts. Again, again. Oh, oh, and isn't this a little bit silly? No, no, please. <laughs> All right. King. Yeah, try and beat that. Ace. Well, you are in luck today. I can't lose. Do you understand? I can't lose. The curse is working. Curse? Oh, darling, that sounds like voodoo. Voodoo? Maybe. Maybe. I just don't know, but I just won four times in a row. Oh, and what are you talking about? Is something the matter? I don't know. But I'm going to find out right now. Owen! Chato? Chato, I've got to play the wheel. Too early, amigo. Later. Now, Chato, now. So much impatience, my friend. The croupier is not here. No one is here but me. Well, then you run the wheel. Me? But I am the owner. It's not proper that I run my Proper? Wheel. Who cares if it's proper? I do. Come back later and you can you play. You here, well. I want to play that wheel now, Primitivo. Primitivo? You're giving me much insult, senor. An apology would save me the trouble of having to kill you. I'm sorry, Chato. That was a stupid thing for me to do. Here. I hope I didn't break it. Well, it is all right. I, I lost my head. You lost the friend. I said I was sorry. See. I, I'll come back later. My casino is open to the public, senor. Look, Chato, I, I didn't mean that crack about Primitivo. Adios, senor. But I... <laughs> Adios, Chato. Owen. Betty. I followed you here, Owen. What? Aren't you forgetting something? I don't understand, Betty. A promise you made to me. Oh, well, of course, but but this won't be gambling, Betty. No, then what will it be? You don't understand. I've got a curse on me. I've got to find out if it works. And if it does? Then I'll be rich. I can't lose. You can lose me, Owen. And if you break your promise about gambling, you will. Betty, wait. Betty, please try and understand what... Oh, for the Lord. Owen, you're a fool. Captain Markham. 
You're taking a big risk with that girl. She means what she says. Uh, she'll get over it. She's just worried that I'll gamble away the plantation or something. She doesn't understand about... About the voodoo curse of Selena? How did you know about that? If I told you all I know about Selena, it would turn your stomach inside out. She's pure evil, lad. I learned that ten years ago. Her curse will destroy you. The curse of winning? <laughs> That's a nice way to be destroyed. There's no nice way to lose your soul. Just what is it you know about Selena? Nothing you'd believe now. But I know she wants you and she may get you. And if that happens, may God have mercy on you, because she won't. Well, I was warned, but it didn't matter then. All I could think about was the way I'd won cutting cards with Mr. Loomis. The curse seemed to be working. Maybe I was a man who couldn't lose. And that night in Chattel's Casino, I found out. Numero siete, senores. Rojo, you win again, senor Roy. Ten times, twenty times, I won. In half an hour, I had won nearly 4,000 lempiras. Numero seis. You cannot lose tonight, Senor Roy. Oh, uh, not just tonight, Tomas. I can't lose, period. And to prove it, I'm going to break the bank right now. The whole works. Another one. You're pressing your fortune, Senor. At 35 to 1, I'm pressing your fortune, Chato. When that ball drops, I'll own this place. <laughs> I've got Selena's curse on me, Chato. I can't lose. Eh? Alto. Hey, what's the idea of stopping the wheel? The game is close, senor. But, well, you can't do that. I've done it, senor. Hmm. Afraid of Selena's curse? You call me primitivo? That gives me the right to have a savage superstition. Shadow, please. Please, give me a chance. This is the only place in Taylor to gamble. And I have to... Senor, you are unwelcome here. My game is close to you permanently. Leave the chips on the table and your debt to me is cancelled. But... All right. All right, I'll get out of here. I'll get out of Taylor. There are plenty of places in the world where I can play, and not for Lempiras either. So, Owen is gambling at the casino. And winning. Selena has him bewitched right enough. Isn't there a way we can stop this? Well, that's it depends on Owen. If he has the will to stop gambling, yes. But if he doesn't... Owen! Mr. Loomis, will you buy my plantation? Oh, Owen, you don't mean that. You can have it at a bargain. It's worth 20000 I'll sell it to you for ten. No. Owen, you work for three years. Betty, I can run that 10000 into millions. Don't you understand? But not here. I've got to go where the money is. Monte Carlo, Deauville. No, I will not let you do this. You won't. Well, you're taking a lot on yourself, Mr. Loomis. Haven't I always, Owen? You're like my own son. You know that. I can't let you throw away your life on this crazy... I'm tired of having everyone tell me what to do. All I want to know is what you'll give me for my plantation. Name your price. Nothing. Nothing? Betty, talk to him. This is our chance to be rich. I can make enough for all of us, but I need a stake. You have enough money now, Owen. If you don't throw it away... Throw it away? I'm going to turn it into a fortune. You call that throwing it away? You don't get anything for nothing, Owen. But I tell you, I can't lose. The curse works. I've tried it. Even if it works and you can't lose, it's still a curse, lad. There's no happy... Shut up! Shut up! I won't listen to any more of this sanctimonious drivel. 
Mr. Loomis, give me 5000 No, not five cents, Owen. But you've got to. There's no one else. All right, now, listen to me. I'll give you 20000 for your plantation. Well, well, that's more like it. On the condition that you stay here in Taylor for six months to think it over. Six months? Yes. And if you still want to leave, why... Well, you're out of your mind. I'm leaving on the next boat, and you can't stop me. I can. I'm a big man in Taylor, remember? Before you get your clearances from all the ministries and the national police, I can have you wrapped up in so much red tape you'll never get away. It won't work. It will work. And for your sake, I'm going to make arrangements tonight. Now. No. No, you can't do this to me. I'm doing it for you, Owen. Well, that's the difference. No, I won't let you do it. Now, let me pass. I, I said, said no. Get back. No, I... Oh. Mr. Loomis. I, I, I'm sorry. Oh, no. Lass, what is it? Oh. What's the matter? Is he hurt? He's dead. Just a little push, that's all. But when Markham lifted the old man, I could see he'd fallen on the needles with which he was knitting. The needles were buried in his back, and now blood was dripping from them onto the socks he'd been knitting for me. You killed him. He was trying to help you, and you killed no. him. No, it was an accident. I, I didn't mean... Didn't you? I only pushed him. I think I'd better get the police. Markham, wait. I... Betty, you know I didn't mean to hurt him. You know that, Betty. Don't touch me. But please, listen. I love you. Get away from me. I don't want your love. Just leave me alone. Well, she even let me explain. Explain to the police, Owen. Police? No. Markham, I've got to stop him. Markham! Markham, stop! Markham, please. Please help me. They'll hang me. They sure will. But you know it was an accident. You. You can help me get away. Your boat. My boat to get away? I'd scuttle her first. Markham, I'll give you anything. Money. Get it through your head, Owen. You killed one of the finest men that ever drew a breath. But it wasn't my fault. It... Please, Markham. We're friends. You don't have any friends. Not now. Except maybe Selena. Selena? Yes, Selena. She could hide me in the jungle. Aye, for the rest of your life. All right, Owen, go to her. She'll take you. I'll let you go. It'll be a worse punishment than a hanging. lost. One moment I was a man with friends, a sweetheart, a future, a man who couldn't lose. But now I was alone in a world of hate, with nothing to hope for, not even my life, unless... Yes, I turned and I saw her, Selena. She was standing at the edge of the jungle, smiling, evil. She was waiting for me.
Under the direction of Norman MacDonald, Escape has brought you The Running Man by Herb Purdom, starring Vic Perrin. Featured in the cast were Michael Ann Barrett and Gene Bates, with Ralph Moody, Don Diamond, Barney Phillips, and Byron Kane. Editorial supervision is by John Meston. And the special music for Escape is composed and conducted by Leith Stevens. Thanks to State Farm for supporting this show and helping our listeners protect their businesses and lives. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today.